Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. I invite you to join me as we explore God's Word for guidance and wisdom. We all have spiritual needs to be met, and all of us encounter questions of how we can lead faithful and moral lives. Some of us find our nurture and support in formal religious communities, while some of us try to blaze more individual paths through the spiritual wilderness. I hope that what I have to say may be of valuable value to all of us, no matter what direction we choose. During my career as a pastor, I've made it a practice to avoid preaching partisan politics. Now, while I've been accused of being non-committal or even wishy-washy, I intend to continue that practice. I take my guidance from Jesus, who when asked whether or not people of faith should pay secular taxes, replied, Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and render unto God what is God's. He seems to imply that our allegiance in this world is split. The Bible passage from Jeremiah that I am about to read gives us some guidance as to how we deal with this split allegiance. Sidestepping partisan politics does not excuse me or anyone who pretends to speak authoritatively on Scripture from speaking out on important issues of the day or taking a stand. Bible teachings do not just talk about our relationship with God, but also how we relate to other people. The Great Commandment says, Love your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And we start with that commandment and then shape our political allegiances according to how leaders we support honor or dishonor these sacred principles. Remember, the bottom line in our faith in Jesus Christ is our commitment to love. What conveys love conveys Jesus. People in the ancient world had to constantly struggle with tyrants and authoritarian systems that ruled their lives. It was the job of prophets like Jeremiah to be a voice for God's people in the face of these oppressive forces. Sometimes prophets stood up to them. Jeremiah pointed out how ruling authorities obeyed or defied God's rule. In the following reading, Jeremiah recognizes this reality and offers the people hope for a just and compassionate leadership in the future. From Jeremiah 23, 1-6 Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people, It is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. 
In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Here ends the reading. Jeremiah is writing during bad times for the Jews. In 586 BC, the Babylonians conquered Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and deported many of the best and brightest of their people to neighboring Babylon. Other deportations followed over the years. The Jewish deportees were forced to live in exile for 70 years on that occasion. There they struggled to maintain their faith in God and hold on to their religious identity. Nonetheless, these were bitter years forced to be away from their beloved homeland, and they wept and mourned to go back home. Eventually they returned home and built a new temple and renewed their community life. In these times, kings often referred to themselves as shepherds. They led and protected their flocks of people. Jeremiah, however, blames kings, foreign and domestic, Gentile and Jewish, for failing their flocks and causing their suffering. He wrote to the people in exile, encouraging them to remain faithful to God, who would one day establish a righteous king to save them. And he refers back to the good old days when King David ruled. That was the golden age of Israel. Not insignificantly, David was literally a shepherd in his youth, watching over flocks in the field. Both in the Old and New Testaments of the Bible, the shepherd serves as the model of a just king or ruler. The shepherd king maintains a loving and caring relationship for his flock. Jesus describes how he fits this model. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Here ends the reading. Christians see Jesus as the righteous shepherd, who Jeremiah predicts God will send to his people. He would be the new King David, or Messiah, that God sent to save his people from the wicked shepherds. In Jesus' day, the wicked shepherds would include the leaders of Rome and their Jewish client king, Herod, and a corrupt Jewish leadership. The gospel writers consistently emphasize that Jesus was descended from King David, 
who had ruled a thousand years before his birth. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, proves himself to be a totally new and unexpected kind of ruler or king. The people of Israel thought that he would be a strong political leader following the example of David, a conqueror. But Jesus had no political power or authority. He was a penniless, itinerant preacher, teacher, and healer. Although he amassed a great popular following among the people, some of whom wanted to support him with a violent insurrection, he refused to claim the power of the sword. And instead of fighting back, he became subservient to the point that he laid down his life for his flock, just as a shepherd in the field would do. Now, history is full of powerful leaders who claim to have the best interest of their people at heart. Most of the Roman emperors, for example. We moderns, who have always looked at the Roman emperors through the eyes of the Bible, think of the Roman as, Romans as brutal despots who crucified their enemies and posted their heads on pikes at the outskirt of the city to tamp down any dissent. They fed Christians to the lions in their arenas as they looked on, and the people cheered from the stands. They personified evil and were enemies of God. But there's another way of looking at the Romans. They considered their rules to be ordained by God or that they ruled as God on earth. Though their tactics were brutal, they were the great civilizers of the world. Without their harsh laws and punishment, the world would have been, remained ruled by barbarians with tribes at constant war with a, a, one another. Several centuries during the height of the Roman Empire have been called the Pax Romana, or Roman peace. And when the Roman Empire fell, the civilized world fell into chaos for centuries. But it would be quite a stretch from, the from our perspective to describe any of the Roman emperors as good shepherds or servants of God. Well, the modern world is hardly different. History has given us countless bad shepherds. Several particularly heinous tyrants come to mind. Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler, Benito Mussolini, Slobodan Milosevic, Idi Amin, Mao Zedong, Fidel Castro, Saddam Hussein, Bashar al-Assad, to name only a few. Now, you will notice that these rulers come from both the political left and right, communists and fascists, Christians and atheists. Not to oversimplify, they are all characterized by putting their own attaining and maintaining political power ahead of the welfare of the people. Instead of laying down their lives for their sheep, they are all too willing to force their sheep to lay down their lives for them. The quest for power is irresistible for them, giving rise to that old saying, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Over the millennia, however, a form of government has developed 
that encourages the rise of more benevolent shepherds. Democracy. The origin of the concept and names of democracy and constitution as a form of government originated in Athens around 508 BCE, which replaced governments run by elites or tyrants. In a democracy, the will of the people or the governed and their welfare is paramount. Today there exists a wide range of democratic governments which stand in contrast to many other forms of totalitarian governments. And history has yet to rule on which form, if either, will ultimately prevail. For those of us who live in functioning democracies, such as exist in the United States, important questions arise. What constitutes and how do we recognize leaders who are genuinely good shepherds. Although in the, the image of the good shepherd, we the people are the flock, the analogy eventually breaks down. We aren't sheep. So what is our role in relationship in our leaders in our demo democratic self-governance? And finally, what will life look like when God finally gathers the remnant, remnant of his flock under the protection of of the Good Shepherd. In answer to my first question, the Good Shepherd is characterized by his or her self-sacrificial love and compassion. The Good Shepherds are willing to lay down their lives for their sheep. Now, this flies in the face of conventional political wisdom. Most modern politicians would claim, or at least they act like, their first priority is re-election, staying in power. And there is a certain logic to this belief. Now, if I were a politician, I could say, if I don't act in a way that keeps me in office, I'm of no good to anybody. But if Jesus would have followed this line of reasoning, he would have rallied an army behind himself and led a revolt against Rome. Best case scenario, he could have established Israel as a powerful state that held off the Romans. Well, we know that it didn't work out that way. A generation after Jesus' death, Rome destroyed the temple again and the people of Israel were scattered to the wind, not to return until 1948 with the establishment of the modern state of Israel. That's a long time. So from one perspective, Jesus was a failed Messiah. From a Christian perspective, however, Christ's kingdom lived on. The rule of his love and the struggle to establish God's rule on earth continues until this day, and it really struggles. The brutal power of the Roman Empire, however, just a memory. The rule of Christ's love is a current and we would say eternal reality, which will win in the end. Now, the President of the United States, or the rulers of any nation on earth, are not to be confused with the Messiah. They are not the Jewish Messiah or the second coming of Christ. They can, however, 
be good shepherds to all of God's people, to all people. And the best way to recognize the good shepherd and a leader is through the content of their character, the way they act. Instead of looking for a leader who supports some of my personal agenda items, and I might have many, I would seek someone who embodies the love and compassion of Christ. Paul sums up these qualities that would befit a ruler in the book of Colossians, where he writes, You must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. How many modern leaders do you know that that really describes? But if all of our leaders lived their lives in accordance with these words, we would be living in a much different political environment today. Now, for the skeptic among us, I remind you of Jeremiah's promise that God's people will be saved to live in peace and safety. This is where we, the members of the flock, come in. We are not merely followers. We live in an active relationship with our shepherd. Unlike the sheep, we choose our earthly shepherds in democracies. Ultimately, however, we follow the only true, one true good shepherd. So let me share the Pledge of Allegiance to that shepherd. You probably can say it with me if you like. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his sake. And even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare your table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Remember, my final question was then, what will life look like when God finally gathers the remnant of his flock under the protection of the Good Shepherd? In that day, sadness, suffering, and death will be no more. Revelation 21.4 says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And God's people will live in peace. Isaiah says, The people shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall lift up, not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So I ask you, who is your shepherd? Who will you follow? Choose wisely. Everything is at stake. Thank you for joining me today. 
May God, the great shepherd of the sheep, bless you and keep you. May God look over you with grace and mercy. May God lead you into eternal life and give you peace. <laughs>